Are you going to talk or am I? You. <laughs> What's up, podcast people? <laughs> I think you did that our very first episode, and it was really bad. Oh, is it better this time? Yeah. All right. So I think cool. you were, like, awkwardly laughing, too. I never awkwardly laugh about anything. Oh, okay. Never. And we were drunk. Total professional. Oh. As you drink your wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have been thinking about this glass of red wine since I drank the last glass of red wine. Oh! Ah! Was Did you like that? It was good. It was really good. Welcome. We are Murder of Ages. I'm Marcy. I'm Karen. Thanks for joining us. Oh, and we should give a little quick shout out thank you to PNW Guy. Oh, hey. We got a new review. Hey, thanks. That was very sweet. Oh, also, I don't know. Did we give a thanks to um, Scared in Seattle's review? Oh, no. I don't think we did. Thank, Thank you. you, Scared. Yeah. Very awesome. And there was another one. Oh, don't remember. Oh, we said thanks for that one. Oh, okay. We did, yeah. Thank you. All of our three reviews. Four. Four. Four now. There was five, but that one, that person deleted theirs, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Mm. But thank you. We appreciate it and it it made our day it made our morning made my week actually it, yeah it actually it, it's very thoughtful very nice it made my year we so appreciate far. Your feedback <laughs> yes <laughs> well we uh tell you some fun true crime stories is yours fun you know it's a little mine's not fun a little fun Cool. Um, no, it's really not, actually. You are passed this week. So one of us does a past murder before 1985. That's right. One of us does a present. So after, yep. that's me this week, so I'm going second. Yep. Karen's going first. I am. And I just broke it down for you. Wicka, wicka, what? Ah! Oh, and we're in the <laughs> PNW Pacific Northwest. Yeah, little corner of the U.S. of A. That's right. Yeah. I don't know which directional corner. Oh, It'll no. be like northwest corner. Oh. Oh, sure. I I just watched North by Northwest today. Have you seen that? No. Alfred Hitchcock movie? No. From 1959 with Cary Grant. Anyways, it's really good. And there's a scene where they're at Mount Rushmore in like a cafe. Uh-huh. And one of the main characters shoots another one. Oh. And somebody, like, rushes over to see if he's okay. And the guy's, no, no, don't touch anything. Oh. oh. <laughs> That's right. Okay. That's what you're supposed to do. Okay. Hands off the body. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't contaminate the crime scene. I guess I'll get started. Uh, my sources are Seattle Times by Bob Bum. Bob Bob Bob. Bob Bum. B-A-U-M. What if I was a bombardier, Karen? Bom, bom, bom. Bom, 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 bom. Jesus Christ, we are never going to get through this. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, newspaper.com, Murderpedia, and Law.Justia. Okay, so Douglas Franklin Wright was born March 25th, 1940. Uh, Wright with a W or an R? A w. Oh, man, I was hoping it was FDR, like Franklin. Ooh. But it's FD. 
W-R-I-G-H-C. Okay. Uh, born March uh, 25th, 1940. I think I already said that. Somewhere in Oregon. Uh, but uh, who knows? Who really cares? Okay. On newspaper.com, I found the newspaper from the Statesman Journal in Salem, Oregon. So it had one full page about Douglas and all of his crimes and the end results, which I will get to. Mm-hmm. I uh, will also post the newspaper on our social media. Oh, that's a mm-hmm. yeah, really good idea. Mm-hmm. So my story, I found zero pictures. Oh. So all I have for you are newspaper articles. Oh. <laughs> that should be all our Instagram post is this week. Oh. Well, just newspaper articles. I have a picture, though, too. So Well, no. they can just find that on their own, then. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of my ideas, and they're so good. Um, but I thought it was just interesting, I guess, because this is the first uh, guy that I've researched and found this newspaper that like a whole front page is just all about him wow and his crimes and just everything must be one bad motherfucker yeah kind of but it's weird because trucker yes okay yes i couldn't find really anything else about him okay so there's no like personal stuff or anything um which i guess it doesn't really matter but i usually like to get into no, it. a little bit of the yeah. past and maybe why yeah you can see what led up to the right eruption or, or even like is he married like does he have kids like family man where does yeah. he even live you know somewhere in oregon right i guess i mean maybe okay so here is what it says in the newspaper okay do 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 December 1957, Douglas was arrested in California for lewd and le- le- oh my god, this is hard word, Marcy. Lacious. L a s c i v i o u s. Lucrative. What was? Spell that one more time. L a s a s c i v c i v i o u s i o u s. Lassivus. Sure. Right? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. That's what I would say. Teacher Marcy, help me. <laughs> I teach preschool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. Anyways, um, involving a 10-year-old boy. So I'm assuming that word doesn't mean anything good. Oh, it's almost like it should be salacious. Oh. Right? But I guess this was 57, so they had cooler words back then. Yeah, I literally copied and pasted they from had... the newspaper. So much. That's why I love watching this a lot for Hitchcock movies. Just the way they spoke. Yeah. Right? They're and they dressed. So educated. Uh, proper. We say shit like LOL. And we don't know if we're talking about laugh out loud or a doll. Yeah. <laughs> what is the world coming to? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Did you know that the LOL boy dolls are anatomically correct? Uh, oh. I didn't know that. Oh. Okay little tidbit for you you know you learn something new every day you're welcome it's very lascivious 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 of the lol company all right well douglas was committed to 
Estradero State Hospital. Then he was transferred to California State Prisons in Chino, Vacaville, and Soledad. Wow. I'm just killing it today. Soledad. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing fine. That's very good. He was paroled in August 8th. He was paroled? Paroled. (laughs) Can you leave me alone? I think we just really pronounce every word. Can you leave me alone? In August 8th, 1962. Okay. Oh, what? So last of this means of a person, matter, or gesture, feeling, or revealing an over and often offensive sexual desire. Oh. Yeah, that's what that means. Mm. Figured it wasn't anything good. Word of the day. It was involving a 10-year-old boy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. December 1962. Douglas was arrested in Prairie City, Oregon for burglary. He was sentenced to Oregon State Penitentiary. He was paroled in May 1968. September 1969. Douglas shot Gail Snelling and her mother Margaret Rosenberry in their Portland home. Oh. He then kidnapped and sexually molested <sighs> Gail's five-year-old son. Mm. Um, so then that was really all that was there in that newspaper article. Okay. So, of course, I had to do some digging because there, there has to be more, right? So, I did some digging. I found the law, uh, Jessia court document. I read the court document online, but it was so confusing. Of course, I didn't understand any of it. Kind of a shit show. So, when did his the murder happen? And he- Killed the mom and... 1969. That was mom and grandma. Yes, mom and grandma. So he could kidnap the little boy. And he kidnapped Which he the did son. not kill, right? That we know of. So yes. I wonder how... You're probably going to tell us. I will leave it to you. Okay. Well, I'm not going to tell you because I don't know. I'm just wondering, like, how did they find him, the little boy? Right. All those details. It's such right. a... Like, a, this is the serious crime you think there would be more information right um so basically they don't have evidence in the case and the witnesses um basically were caught lying in their testimony and so basically it was just kind of a shit show in the court document so, Ooh. yeah, and okay. then um, witnesses also lied about seeing Douglas. Like, they said, like, oh, yeah, I saw him at the bar. Like, oh, yeah, I found him here, blah, blah. So they – the jury was saying that they are assuming that all these witnesses are lying to throw police off. To what point, though? To protect Douglas. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think all these witnesses are basically just bullshit. Like, it's not helping anyone, and nothing really happened. You want to protect a child molester. Right. I got friends in low places. Exactly. (laughs) But I don't know. that. That's my theory. I don't know. Mm. There wasn't anything else of that. Uh, Okay. October 1969. Douglas was arrested in Washington County for the two murders, which there wasn't any more 
information in that either. Um, and an unrelated shooting outside a billiard hall. How did you find this story? How Murder- did this come up? Murderpedia. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Why? I was just curious because it seems like there's not a lot of information. So I'm just wondering, like, how you even like oh, get, yeah. got on your radar? Yeah. Well, all these previous murders. So were... this isn't even the main one. No. Yet. Holy no. shit! Okay. No. Wow, uh-huh. they haven't thrown away the key yet. He no. gets away with something else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All those gotcha. previous crimes. Okay. Okay. I understand. Are now. in that newspaper article. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I thought that yeah. was going to be like okay, the end. <laughs> No. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. Gotcha. Um, okay, so he was sentenced to Washington State Penitentiary for second-degree murder, aggravated assault, and ex-convict in possession of a weapon. He was paroled in April 1982. Mm. What? Yep. The crime happened in 69, and he gets out 13 years later. That is insane. Because he probably didn't go to, like, prison until at least probably, like, the trial probably took a couple years, right? At least a year, maybe. Yeah. So we're looking at maybe 10 in actual prison. Yeah. I think they said 12. It probably went quick. Jesus. Yeah. What the fuck? It's ridiculous. Okay. July 1984. He was arrested for a series of armed robberies of Portland grocery stores. He returned to the Oregon State Penitentiary. Then he was paroled in April 1991. What? Mm -hmm. He obviously is not reformed. Mm -hmm. Let's just put him back. I mean, he's only robbing grocery stores. Right. This is why this, like, I know I I couldn't get a lot of details about this story, but this is why this was so interesting to me. Because then, you know, I do a story like Mitchell Roop, who, you know, shoots two bank tellers has never committed any crimes before and gets the death penalty. And when was Roop? He was later, right? Uh, this yes. This is earlier. Yes. Could have something to do with it, but also I think the lawyers, like, and judge. Yeah. What? Yeah. And oh, evidence. the judge, and... if they don't have any knowledge, like, what if they didn't even know that he murdered two women? True. What if, if it was just grocery stores? That's right. All think. Right. That's a good point. Hopefully that's not what happened though because that would be crazy if they wouldn't know that prior history of being convicted of murder well prior history right i yeah i i don't know who fucking knows well and a lot of these are in different states right because he was in uh 69 he was arrested in washington and then for the grocery stores he was arrested in oregon okay you know what i mean like it's all over the place so it's literally Crazy. in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. So now we are in boop, 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 October 1991. Okay. Wow. <sighs> yeah. He uh, is returning to the Oregon State Penitentiary after his arrest for multiple murders committed on the Warm Springs Indian Reservation. So this is the big, the big crime. So Warm Springs Indian Reservation, where's that at? Um, good question. I do not know. Okay. Maybe we might find out later. All right. I'm assuming around, I think we do find out later. Um, June 25th, 1993, convicted of aggravated murder. Um, in three of the four 
Warm Spring murders. Okay, so that was all that's in the newspaper. Now I'm going to get to the case. So this criminal case is before us um, on the aggravated murder and sentence of death. So following a jury trial, the trial court entered a judgment finding defendant guilty of eight counts of aggravated murder. Eight? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is different than the three of the four. Or is this I part think, of that? Well, I think they're adding everything in together. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm literally reading, like, the court document, so I... Okay. Yeah. Uh, eight counts of aggravated murder, one count of kidnapping in the first degree, and one count of attempted aggravated murder, and impose a sentence of death. So the facts of the murder play a little part in the issues presented by this appeal, blah, blah, blah. So the defendant was convicted of killing four men in separate incidents, um, but apparently with a common plan during October 1991. So he would recruit street people from Portland as laborers for the alleged purpose of building a camp for young people in the Cascades near Mount Hood. Um, Then he would hire men in downtown Portland, feed them, transport them to an area on the Warm Springs Indian Reservation in Waysco County, and then murder them by shooting them in the head with a powerful gun. Oh my gosh. So his first murders were motivated by wanting to kidnap the little boy to molest. Now this is just like he just enjoys shooting people. Yeah. Because where the other, the murder of the women, do we know, was it with a gun? Yeah, so that I think was he kind shot of his them first. in the heads. Yep. So he probably decided he liked that better than molesting. Maybe. Yeah. Oh my god. Right, but his first known crime was the 10-year-old boy. The less, less vicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so police uncovered his scheme when one of his intended victims escaped alive from the area where the others were killed. That victim later was able to identify him, his pickup truck, and the place where he lived. A pistol recovered from his pickup proved to be the murder weapon. Wow. Um, obviously he denied the connection. And then he also denied in the connection with the 1970 murders and his guilty plea to the 1970 murders were not knowing and voluntary. Um, So he's trying to say that those murders shouldn't be counted. Counted. He's already been convicted of them. Right. Mm -hmm. Which that's like. Double jeopardy, right? You can't be tried twice for the same crime. Yes. It seems like that like that. One. But they should have enough without having to count those in to put this guy away forever. Yeah. But also, I don't know all of the verdict of that crime. The Oh, yeah. Because it could have been being like... Killed. What is that? An Alfred plea? Where they say a, dr- a jury would... 
they think would find them guilty, but they won't admit to guilt. Right. So they can still go away for a little bit, which could be why it was only so many years and not uh, longer. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that, maybe. So, basically, he would pick up homeless people from the streets of Portland, take them to Central Oregon, where he would shoot them. Um, this cruel and senseless act is beyond the, you know, the, there wasn't any motive behind it. There was no robbery. There wasn't any sexual motive. Like, none of, none of them were, like, raped or anything. He just enjoyed it. Right. So there was no explanation to these cruel murders Hmm. so the jury was left to speculate about um the defendant's background and character to produce these homicides so two mental health professionals tested that um or they tested him and found that he did not have a normal functioning brain Mm. and that in the words of one of them there was clear evidence of organic impairment of the right frontal area of his brain which the frontal lobe is your decision making which is why i love to know a little bit about you know the background but yeah. Unfortunate. I mean, I looked for hours and I I couldn't find anything. Um so gosh, not much, but um on wikivisually.com uh Douglas later admitted to killing a fourth man, Anthony Nelson, a Macaw Indian. If he had not quit his appeal process, he would have been tried before a federal court in the Nelson case because killing a Native American on an Indian reservation is a federal crime under the Major Crimes Act. Yeah. So, oh, are you going to say something? Are you going to sneeze? I can't Um, tell. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm going to save it for another time. Okay. I'm not going to go into it. So, All right. Yeah. So this is um, from the Seattle Times article. Uh, Douglas was the first criminal executed by lethal injection in Oregon oh. on September 6, 1996. At the age 56, um, his violent life ended at 12.16 a.m., about 10 minutes after his veins were injected with a deadly mix of chemicals. After the tubes were inserted into his arms, he raised his hand and looked at Janice Janice Downing, the mother of one of his victims. I'm sorry, he mouthed. She nodded. To all the families of all the victims during my lifetime, I give you my sincerest apologies, and I do care, he wrote. I hope my death brings brings all of you peace and closure. He had special words for the family of Luke Treadway, the 10-year-old boy who disappeared while walking home from a friend's house in Portland 12 years ago. Uh, A week ago, Douglas confessed to kidnapping, molesting, and killing the boy. I can no longer live with my guilt, my personal shame, nor my unbearable grief for the death of Luke Treadway. 
he wrote. And that's the last I have of it. That was basically the last of what he said. Um, I'm glad he admitted it. Yeah. I'm glad he... Yeah, I'm glad he apologized. It was kind of a different turn than my last story, Mm -hmm. who had no remorse, no sympathy. I mean, you know, I don't know. Wow. Kind of a different turn than my last story. different ending but I wonder if there isn't a lot of information on his background because he didn't want to give it and nobody came forward sure that'd be I mean yeah like there was no family no nothing that was yeah he must have never been married or you know had kids or anything because or had I mean siblings or anything Oh, they're, they even said um, his mother, because the um, f- freaking coroner was giving her the body after, mm-hmm. and she didn't want it. Wow. So there must have been some family issues, um, is all well, I, I can really say. Well, probably have to be to have right frontal lobe damage. Yeah, very true. Ooh, cool. Thanks, yeah. Karen. That's all I got. Good job. Woo, Karen. Good job. Thanks. Now it's my turn. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know what I did today? What? Ooh, I did the Jake Dupree muffin top workout. Oh, that's oh, a good one. I'm dying. That's a good yeah. one. Anybody that likes to work out or even if you don't it's only 20 minutes but it's a good one it is amazing yeah afterwards you're like oh that was easy and then like a few hours later you're like oh i did this wow i guess yeah it has been a few hours i'm like oh man yeah feeling it can't sit down who but i can't I... get up i guess right like i might just sit in this chair all night yeah all right that's fine how it goes Okay, I got my sources. So all of the articles I read about this were Associated Press articles. Okay. But these are the newspapers I got the articles from. Okay. So the Lewiston Tribune, the Kitsap Sun, um, an Associated Press article written by Aviva L. Brandt. Yeah. The Spokesman Review and the Ellensburg Daily. Ooh. So I am doing... A local Walla Walla murderer. Um, When I was working at a place here in town, (laughs) (laughs) one of my coworkers told me about this. And this was probably 10 years ago. Uh Nine years ago. And so I just kind of tucked it in the back of my brain. I was like, that's crazy. And I've never heard of this. Uh Whoa. And so I Googled it and I was able to find some stuff that i'm gonna tell you okay okay so here we go all right we start in 1981 ish somewhere ish in washington okay (laughs) possibly tacoma uh brenda kelly that's not what her name was then but i don't know what her maiden name was but now it's kelly then i'm just gonna still say brenda kelly okay She's 17 years old in 1881, and she's married to John D. Holder. Together, the couple have an 18-month-old son named Danny and a three-week-old baby girl named April. 
John and Brenda are in the middle of a pretty nasty divorce, and CPS takes custody of both children. Danny banged on the car window and cried for his mother as he was being taken away. The children were eventually adopted by Jim and Judy Bitourne of College Place, which is just a little bit down the road. Yeah. Next door. So Jim is a teacher and Judy is an administrative assistant. Thirteen years later, Brenda Kelly gave her address to the agency overseeing adoptions in case her children tried to contact her. She says, it's always been my dream. I was going to have my kids back. They were going to be mine again. All right. She gets them back. Kind of. A year later, Kelly is watching television, the news, and there's a report, and this is December 1994, about a 15-year-old boy who had killed his sister April and her (gasps) friend by taping plastic bags over their heads. Oh, fuck. She says, gee, honey, to her husband, there's another Danny and April out there. She never thought that could be her children until prosecutor Jim Nagel and his deputy, Joe Golden, showed up at her door in May 1995. Oh, my God. So here is the story about Daniel Bitourne. Okay. So he's 15. And he stayed home from school on December 14th, 1994. And this is two weeks after he overdosed on sleeping pills. So his parents had no idea of any mental health issues until that incident. Mm-hmm. So he is a 5 foot 10, 250 pound freshman. Wow. So you can probably only imagine some of the bullying, I'm sure, yeah. that took place. So his sister April, April, and her friend Beth Garby, who are both 14, got off the bus that day after school and went into the house. Daniel told investigators that April, who weighed about 150 pounds, managed to scream to Beth, who locked herself in the bathroom. Daniel said he pried the lock open with a screwdriver, and Beth walked out thinking the whole thing was a joke. He then struck Beth with a nightstick bound her and dragged both girls into April's bedrooms and went to go get white plastic bags. Daniel said the first bag he put over Beth's head split. He said he put on another and wound it shut with duct tape around her neck. He told investigators he put three bags over his sister's head and sealed them with tape. The girls tried to get the bags off of each other's heads, but they failed. And Daniel said he left the house while they were still alive. Oh, my God. At 15. Ugh. Uh, his mom, Mrs. Bitourne, and an older sister found the girls laying side by side in the bedroom, and they tried to revive them and called paramedics. Uh, investigators said it wasn't clear why there was a nightstick in the house. So, in little tidbit here, the murders came only four days after a 17-year-old was accused of shooting an alleged drug dealer at a party in Walla Walla. Hmm. Several teenagers said Daniel was involved with other Walla Walla high school students in a cult that practiced black magic. Oh. And there was actually, I found a great big, uh, like, National Enquirer paper that says, uh, what does it say? Uh, cult, teenage cult member murders sister. Oh, God. And so that was their big headline. 
Sheriff Bill Jackson said he had no evidence of that and he's still looking for a motive. And investors couldn't find any evidence of animosity other than the normal brother-sister arguments. The, and he has no criminal record or history of violence. He once got into trouble for skipping class. And school officials said they won't discuss him or the girls because that's how the parents want it. Next door neighbor, though, Rosalie Wolf, said Judy and Jim had no idea Daniel, who was a Boy Scout that volunteered with younger children, was having problems. Uh, the neighbor Wolf said there was no indication of anger and he was a victim, not a criminal. Wow. And she remembers April and Beth uh, riding their bikes up the road during the summer singing Christmas carols at the top of their lungs. Wow. She said, we all laughed and they stopped singing to smile and wave at us. Then they went right back to their Christmas carols. They were singing their Christmas carols while they could. They won't be singing them anymore, she said. That's so mm-hmm. sad. That's sad. Uh, Wolf said she had spoken to the Paternes several times since the slaying. She said they're in shock and they don't believe that Danny could do it. He was always caring and cheerful. Yeah. I mean, that'd be so hard. Mm. So random, you know? That, yeah. You think you know your own kid? Yeah. Uh, February 2nd, 1995, the Ellensburg Daily Record published an article by the Associated Press. It says, 15-year-old Daniel cried as he was led from the courtroom after a judge ruled him to be tried as an adult. Wow. If convicted on the two counts of murder, he will face up to 52 years in prison. Deputy Prosecutor Joe Golden, he said, I don't know if anyone won here. I think it's a good decision. I think I feel more for the family. It doesn't bother me to remand a kid who did something like this to an adult court, but the family, they're in a tough spot. The victim being their daughter and the suspect, their son. Right. So if they were to have tried Daniel as a juvenile, he would have been sent to a detention center for seven to nine years and getting released when he was 21. Mm -hmm. Getting released when he was 21, he would have only been there for six years. How scary is that? Yeah. So it turns out this was something that Daniel had thought about for a while. Oh, really? So in the fall, he had told his friends that he wanted to kill his sister and her friend. And then in December, which was the month this happened, he told another friend that he was going to kill someone. Oh, my God. So it's some... Yeah. It's um, premeditated. Mm-hmm. Captain Mike Humphreys had a witness come forward stating Daniel had also planned to kill his first period teacher. And he was going to do this using plastic bags and duct tape. Oh, my God. And he actually had brought them to school to follow through with it. and But by divine intervention, he stood up to go do his murder, murder his teacher, uh-huh. a Wahai security Walked into the room at the same time. Jesus. And then he sat back down. How? Wow. Yeah. Could you imagine? That teacher was saved. Oh. So Daniel spent two weeks at a child study and treatment center in Tacoma being evaluated for competency to stand trial. So he scored an 88 on an IQ test, which is about below average. Mm -hmm. And he did present signs of mental illness. While he was there, he threatened another child because he felt that child could read his mind. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. 
Now we're going to go to August 17, 1995. Daniel Paterne stared straight ahead, showing no emotion as a judge read the verdict convicting him of first-degree murder and the suffocation death of his sister and her best friend. Walla County Superior Court jurors deliberated seven hours before reaching their decision Wednesday after a six-and-a-half-day trial. The defense attorney, William McCool, was shaken. He said... He worries for Daniel's safety in prison and feels he won't receive the proper mental care in the correctional system that he needs. Yeah. And he had also asked the judge for a change of venue, which did not happen. But he feels that he didn't get an unfair jury or a malicious jury or an uncaring journey. He said, I thought our jury was very much as reasonable as we could have hoped to get in Walla Walla County. Hmm. whatever that means yeah. uh, so he wants to try to appeal the verdict on other grounds so in 1999 the state court of appeals ended up up they upheld the conviction of that Daniel received and so he gets a 63-year sentence. So he's getting two consecutive terms, 31 and a half years for each of his murder, on the grounds that the victims died slow and agonizing deaths. So usually for first-degree murder, it's 20 to 27 years. But since they died so inhumanely, mm-hmm. he gets the 31 and a half. Hmm. So his mom, Brenda, his biological mother, Said, right now, Daniel needs mental help. Prison is going to destroy him. He's either going to kill himself or someone's going to kill him. But, as of 2021, what I could find, he's still incarcerated. Oh, wow. Yeah. I couldn't find any much more after that. I mean, it's, that's just definitely a short one. Mm-hmm. But I thought, since it's here, it's so interesting. Yeah. That young and couldn't even imagine crazy that story is insane i never heard anything well no. besides that one time i've never heard of that you would th- i don't know you would think that happened at our high school here ah yeah that's scary and it's another example too of mental health going unchecked and through the cracks exactly i mean did his parents really not notice or why I'm sure the friends kick each other over and over again. Like, why didn't we come forward and say something? Right. Maybe they didn't think he'd actually follow through with something like that. Yeah. And it was back in the time where everyone, I'm sure, was just like, oh, this guy's just crazy. Oh, he's crazy. That type of excuse, which is just annoying and bullshit. Instead, where now, luckily, took long enough, but now people can say, okay, maybe we need a different outlook and a different method of how to talk to this person or how to deal with this person. And no, we shouldn't always say this person is crazy or... People know to come forward maybe when they're friends yeah talk about killing someone right and 
I, I don't know, maybe just because of my experiences and just the education I'm in right now, but when people are saying there were no signs or they didn't act in a certain way, I mean, I'm glad people are now, or, well, not now, but some of his friends said that, yeah, he was planning on killing. Well, okay, don't you think he would have, like, told someone then? Yeah, I mean, it could have been in, like, in, like, a joking manner. Yeah. Like, oh, my sister's so annoying, I'm gonna kill her. Yeah. But, and the friend, too. I don't know, like... It was definitely planned. Yeah. It was definitely planned. And the teacher? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I guess when you're that age, you're like, oh, I hate my teacher. I don't know. Yeah. I guess now, thankfully, like I said, in this day and age, I think we take words and actions more seriously. Yeah. Now. Learning from history a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, kind of hits too close to home, I think. That's right at home. Yeah, it's too close. It's too close. Well, I have a little uh, too close ghost story. Oh, no. Um, This one is from Reddit. It was posted by CMOT Dibbler Delights. Oh, that's me. Oh. Yeah, I posted it. Cool. You have a (laughs) two-year-old? How'd you know? (laughs) So someone at the plaza, actually, Chris from the plaza library, who I worked with many eons ago at Campfire for a short bit, posted looking for local ghost stories. Oh. There there was another response. Somebody talked about a cannibalistic cult (gasps) that used to be in the Blue Mountains. And what they would do is send kids down to lure people back to the cult where they would eat them. I couldn't find any more information on that. So I was like, that's probably just a little campfire tale. Because the person's like, yeah, when I would go camping with my Boy Scout troops, this is what we talk about. So I'm like, yeah, that's Um, probably bullshit. I love cults. But this is this person's ghost story. I thought it was pretty good. So I'm going to read it verbatim like I am Dibbler Delights. New to Walla Walla here, staying temporarily in a Victorian house in the downtown area that is a historical house built in the early 1900s. Have only been here three weeks, and we have had many ghostly things happening while we were here. Mostly cabinet doors opening by themselves. Strange smells appearing out of nowhere for no reason. Patchatouille for 15 seconds, etc. Feelings of warm slash cold in the house for no reason. And voices heard while in the shower that apparently weren't there. Okay. Raise your hand if you hear voices while you're in the shower. I mean, with the water running and stuff and your brain is trying to make sense of sounds and shapes and all that thing. I always hear voices in the shower. Don't you? I mean, no. it, with the water, it sounds like little whispers. So you can kind of hear. No. Oh, come on. No. Absolutely Shh. not. Then Karen, don't raise your hand. It's not I was raised. talking to the person behind you. so stupid okay all this was written off one way or another and we joked about ghosts and i've spoken out loud to them to acknowledge them but sort of half-heartedly until one day last week while i was at work i got a text from my husband who was at home 
at this house with our two-year-old. He was making her breakfast an egg and toast. When he hears a creaking faucet turn on coming from the downstairs bathroom and a faucet flowing at full force, water definitely moving. Mm. So that one hits home for me because I've told you this story probably a dozen times. Yes. But I'm going to tell our listeners. Okay. Just because it's – um. oh, also to mention uh, Dibbler's story here – no dishwasher, washing machine, or any other water in the house was going. So there was no other explanation. He goes into the bathroom to check it out, and the faucet is off. Of course. So my story, though, George and I move in, and we're living. It was when I first started dating, and we're both in the kitchen, and we hear water running. And we're like, what? What? In the little guest bathroom, the water is on full force. The water's definitely flowing, right? <laughs> and we had, it was one of the turnouts, and it was hot water, and we had to turn it to turn it off. So uh-huh. someone had definitely turned it to turn it on. Uh-huh. You should pretend to be shocked like you've never heard this <gasps> before. Thank you. So scared. Okay. While, all right, back to Dibblers. While he is doing that, he hears the two-year-old say something like, uh-oh, dad. And when he gets back, while he had carefully placed the bowl with the fried egg and toast away from the reach of the toddler, on purpose, it had somehow upturned onto the floor. What? So he cleans up the mess, makes another bowl, puts the kid in the high chair with the meal in the dining area, and sits down on the couch. And the basement door opens by itself. Because we were in this big house with the two-year-old and not used to stairs, we got a baby gate and a doorstop wedge to keep her from trouble with the stairs and basement. This wedge is always under the basement door because we don't want any accidents. The basement door was opened and the door wedge set to the side. Oh my gosh. (gasps) My husband and kiddo just stared at it as it opened and he says, okay, huh? And he gets up and closes it. Looks in the kitchen, and one cabinet door also had opened. I don't like that. I don't like that. All things happen in about a 30-minute period. Overall, we've never felt like there's any ill will. They don't seem to bear any grudge. They just seem like they want to be acknowledged. I'm glad we didn't move in permanently, but I'm not really all that creeped out either. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Oh, shit. Be like, yeah. oh, peace out. Others who have visited here and the owners of the house have all expressed creepy feelings being in the basement. Uh, but who the fuck doesn't get creeped out in a basement? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I'm less creeped out in the basement. That's where we like to play when the weather's been icy. I'm creeped out of the bedroom upstairs or the kitchen. When all the cabinets open while you watch them. Oh. Ah! Woo! That's the ghost story. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, that was good. Thank you. CMOT Dibbler Delights. Yeah, Dibs. Thanks. <laughs> that was really good. Oh. And I want to say that post was from 2019. Oh, so pretty recent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks, Dibs. That's good. 
Dibs brought it tonight. Yeah. Maybe you can bring it too. Yeah. Email us at murderofages at gmail.com. That's right. And we will read your story. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. Well, we will read your story. Hmm. And you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at murderofages.com. Oh, no. Not on Instagram and Twitter. No. But you can leave us maybe a review, some stars, and we will acknowledge that on air. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, have a great night. Or morning. Or afternoon. Oh, yeah. Or evening. Oh, yeah. Evening. Yeah. Why did mm-hmm. we say evening? We said night. Oh. A little different than... Night is like you're going to bed. Evening is like you're chilling out about 7 o'clock, watching TV. Maybe at some dinner. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Close us out. To all you perverse, notorious wastes, we'll meet you there.